following podcast may contain names of people who have deceased. Galada, I'm your host, Luke Briscoe. I'm a Yalaji man and a digital producer at NRTV. In this series, I'll be exploring personal encounters with spirits from the other side. When you really think about it, there's no place in this country where you can escape from Indigenous ghost stories. On today's show, we have Belinda Huntress. Uh, Belinda, are you able to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Hi. Um, so, yeah, my name is Belinda. Um, I'm, a, I'm from Warramai country, which is uh, Gloucester, Foster, Nelson Bay area. I've um, been brought up there all my life. Um, and when I was growing up, I moved away. I've got two kids, a two-year-old and a seven-year-old, and um, I live on the central coast and I'm a teacher. Are you able to share a... A um, encounter that you've had? Yeah, so I've had um, I've had quite a few encounters in my life. Um, I think probably from the age of fourteen is when my first encounter happened, and maybe I'll just quickly talk about that one as well because that was probably the one that really kind of opened up. Oh, I don't know this this other world. I think. Um, so when I was fourteen, I was living at my Obviously, I was still living at my parents' house. My brother had just moved out of home. Um, he'd finished school and left, and I couldn't wait for him um, to leave because then I could have his room. And um, so I had finally gotten into this new room, and um, it, like I guess until that point, I was I would always sleep with the um, the door open and sleep in the dark. But um, I remember, this, so this is like really vivid in my mind because I guess this has actually changed my whole life because when I was, um, at that time, I, I, I was asleep and I woke up and my door was facing, like my bed was facing straight to the door and the door was facing the dining room. So the dining room is when you first come out, like straight out of the door and the table was like was right there. And I opened my eyes, it was like the middle of the night, and I looked, I don't know, I don't know, I just looked at the, straight out the door, and I could see a ghost sitting at the table. And um, I guess before that, I, you know, like when you watch horror movies and stuff like that, and you're always saying, just run, just run, like all that kind of thing. But um, I, at that time, like I literally could not move, like I was frozen. And so um, I can kind of relate to, like, why people in horror movies and stuff, like, act, you know, they're like, they don't move and stuff like that. So basically it was just literally the stereotype of what a ghost, like, looks like on movies and stuff. So it was sitting at my dad's seat at the table and um, and then I just was frozen. And I don't know how long I was frozen for, but then it literally turned its head and looked at me and somehow must have known that I was awake and started walking into my room. And like, honestly, I can't even describe, like I've told some people about it and they say, oh, you know, you were you were probably still in asleep and blah, 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 but 100% I was not asleep. It was the scariest moment of my whole life. And then um, it came into my room and because I was frozen, I couldn't scream. Like all I wanted to do was 
scream out for my mum and dad, like, but I just couldn't because I physically was just frozen. So all I could do right at that time was to chuck the covers over my head and I stayed under there for, I feel like it was about an hour or something. It was a long, long, long time. And I thought this is my only option because I was that terrified that I was going to pull the covers back and it was going to be like in my face. Um, but I threw the covers back and then I just ran straight to my mum and dad's bed and hopped in the middle of them. So I was like 14, I was in year eight. Um, but that was, I don't know, like, so before that, um, I think it was around that time that my man passed away. And, but I couldn't tell by looking at the ghost if it was her. That's what I'm not, I still don't know because it wasn't clear to me that, you know, how some people say, you know, it was my pop that came to visit or whatever, but I couldn't clearly see that that was her. But I'm hoping, because that was the only encounter that I've actually had at my parents' house. And actually, after she passed away, this is my non-Aboriginal name, but after she passed away, um, I had a dream that she came to me in the same room that I was sleeping in and said to me that um, I'm okay, I just wanted to come and let you know, can you tell the family that I'm okay? And so I did, and it's really interesting because from there on in, my whole life, I've had these dreams when people have passed away. So it's been like a recurring thing that when someone passes away, they come to me and tell me something that I need to tell someone in the family or something like that. And I've had some really, really um, vivid dreams about that, about family members and stuff. So, um, so I guess that was like my experience. After that, I literally slept. I never slept in that room again. So I just moved into that room and then I moved straight out of there the very next day because I was so scared and um, and then for a while I because it was pitch black dark in the room I um, I actually slept with the light on in my room like the whole light so it was like daytime while I was asleep and so after that from that age 14 this is going to sound like I'm such a sook but from there until today today I'm 35 I still sleep with a nightlight that's how much it scared me um, yeah, but I guess moving forward, there's been like lots of different things in lots of different places, lots of different houses, all that kind of, even in the bush, I've seen and heard things and stuff like that. But I guess the other one that really kind of stands out to me, um, would be, I moved into a house, um, in Newcastle. This is about maybe six years ago. Um, and I was with my partner and I had a, my son was a, I guess a new, well, one year old probably at that time. And, um, pretty much from the moment we moved into the house, like it looked really cute from the outside, but it was a super old house. Um, everything about it was old. Like it had all the old windows and the old, you know, like the old, um, um, what do you call it? At the top of the, the top of the ceiling, those all those old details and all that sort of stuff. Um, but pretty much like from the moment we moved in, like weird stuff started to happen. And um, this one I feel, I feel that the one that I seen when I was a kid was not a scary one, but the, this one um, definitely had the thing about doing stuff to torment us or to scare us. And so this was quite terrifying. Um, so the first person that seen it was um, my partner, but I remember the first time he seen it, he was charged up. 
so I was like, oh, you probably, <laughs> you probably just seen things or whatever. So obviously I didn't want to know that this was a haunted house because usually I can tell when I go into a house, I get a feeling if 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 there's something there or not. Um, so I was, you know, pretty worried about that. But anyway, so one night he um he was actually standing out in the front veranda, but the door was open. And he and I was standing out there talking to him, and then he just like looked like he was looking like behind me, and um, he said, "I've just seen the ghost go past, the black shadow." And I was like, "Oh crap," you know. Um, and that was kind of it for then, and I kind of didn't think too much of it because um, I guess because, like I said, he was he was pretty charged up, so I didn't really think much of it. But then um, other stuff started to happen. Like so, we were only there for six months. Um, which I'm glad because I can only imagine that more and more stuff would have started to happen. But probably the first thing that happened, I remember one night I was in my room and because of that thing happening when I was 14, I cannot sleep with the door open anymore. Like since I was 14, I always have to sleep with the door closed. And because of that, um, I always make sure the door is closed properly, like not able to swing open or whatever, you know. So when I go to bed, I literally will shut the door and then I like bang it to make sure that it's actually shut so that it can't open by other things, you know? Um, but anyway, so I was asleep in the middle of the night. My son's room was across the corridor, but because of like, this has actually probably impacted on my life greatly because, um, because of my thing about having doors open, um, my kids have always slept in my room because I'm too scared to, um, to like leave the door open and leave them in their own room in case something grabs them. So my son was in my room as well. Um, and then so this was like the first thing that happened to me when I was asleep and I, I'm a very, very light sleeper. Like I can never get into deep sleep. So any noise, anything like that, I'm awake. And then the door just opened in my room. Like it just opened like really slowly opened all the way up. And that was nothing else happened that night. That was just the first thing that had happened to me. But as we had family coming to stay with us, and like at that time we had a lot of family passing through from up north and stuff like that, and um, like every single person that came to that house seen the ghost. It was it, it was always a black shadow, um, like that would be mainly in two kind of the dining room and the lounge room usually, or in the hallway. And even I remember one day we we're outside playing. Um, like playing with a ball with our son and we could see it floating around in the house from the outside through the windows. That was pretty scary. But it started to get like um, sort of the, the scariest thing that happened and my partner and I had both seen it is that there was a lighter on our bed. I don't know why the lighter would be on the bed. That is pretty dangerous. But um, the lighter was lighting by itself. So to me that was really scary because that actually could have like burnt down the house, I guess. And so after that, I was like, geez, I don't know about having any, you know, then I thought if that's capable of, you know, doing something like that, you know, what's kind of to say that it can't turn stoves on or I don't know, it was really quite scary. And that was in the middle of the day and we'd both seen it and no one was touching it, obviously. Um, another thing that happened in the middle of the night, I got up to go to the toilet and, um, I went out, so the bedroom was at the front of the house and the kitchen and the bathroom were, like, at the back of the house. And um, when I, like, 
I'm a bit OCD, so when I go to bed, I check everything's off. I check, especially when stuff like that's starting to happen, you know, I check all the ovens turned off, you know, everything's in order. Um, and the taps in the kitchen and the taps in the bathroom was blaring full ball. That was quite scary because um, I know that they weren't doing that when I went to bed. Um, and then I guess that was, so that, the ghost thing that it was, we've seen that heat that wasn't just a once off. It was kind of like all the time. And it got to the point that some of um, my partner's uncles, they wouldn't come to our house anymore because I guess like with Aboriginal people um, being a bit more spiritual and more open to that and not kind of like, I've found that like a lot of non-Indigenous people that I've talked to this stuff about, you know, their kind of reactions always, um, you know, like, oh, that's, you know, you must have been dreaming or whatever. But, you know, with Blackfellas, like, a lot of times it's, um, you know, they know that it's like, you know, they've experienced that themselves or for some reason we have more, um, we have more, I guess, like, we're more susceptible to that or I don't know what it is, but a lot of them are more being more spiritual or have an understanding of it. So, yeah, it started to get to the point that some of the family didn't want to come and stay at a house anymore because they were scared and all that kind of thing. And then, um, so I guess the other thing that happened, I don't know if this was related or not, but to me it was really weird. And I actually talked to my partner about it yesterday just to double check that that, that, this, that he didn't do this because one night um, I was asleep and um, he wasn't there. But what happened, and as I said, like I was a, I'm a really light sleeper, I heard his car was in the front so our room was right at the front of the house and to the front yard. And I heard the car, um, it wasn't going, it was just moving, if that makes sense. So it was like it was being, I thought it was being stolen basically, but it didn't have any keys in the car. Um, so we had like a Toyota Land Cruiser, it was like an old wagon and it was parked on the grass at the front of the house. And I looked out the window and then the car actually was moving. And so I ran out the front. So this is obviously in the middle of the night. It was about midnight or something like that. And then, um, yeah, so the car was moving. What had happened, I, I don't know if this was a paranormal thing or if it was a person or what, but so the car was rolling down the hill um, and it got stuck onto a bin and so the bin was dra like dragging underneath the car and the car ended up um, like crashing across the road from our house down the road into someone's front fence. And it was so weird because it was a matter of probably like five seconds from where I, when I heard the car like starting to move <clears throat> to by the time I got out the front it had it was already moving and um and there was nobody there that was really really weird i rang the police like the police came they asked you know all questions like everything like that but we still don't know what happened with that car whether the car whether that someone stole it but they were out that quick that like they maybe they heard me coming and jumped out but it was literally a matter of 5 seconds from because you know the bedroom was right next to the front door so i was straight out the door um, that was really weird. And I guess, um, still don't know what happened with that, but that was, you know, that was kind of, at that time, the, the landlord, um, decided that they didn't want to 
renew our lease. And I thought, thank God, this is crazy, this house. Um, so I was quite happy to to be moving out of there. But I'm not actually sure um, whether something might have followed us, whether that might have followed us to the next house or if just because um, I have this thing that happens to me um, that something else happened at the next house as well. And uh, with this one, um, my son started to um, to see things as well and he's, quite, he's seen... Um, several things as well so unfortunately he's got the um he's got it too I mean there's some positives with it but it is scary at the same time so sometimes I try not to go too far into it because I don't know you know whether they're going to be you know if they're family or if they're friendly ones or if they're something very very scary um but at the next one um well, my son seen seen. Um, he said it was a a black shadow. So my thoughts were that it was the same thing. I was talking to my sister about it yesterday, and she reckoned that she was really scared staying at that house too. But the thing that happened for me at that house, and this was really weird. I haven't experienced this before. But what happened? Um, my um, I, I was awake. It was my son was asleep. I was awake. My partner was with his brother watching the State of Origin at the pub, and um, I was sitting on Facebook and I was just scrolling on Facebook and I heard it was it was um like a, if you could imagine as loud as like a megaphone. It was a person's voice as loud as a megaphone, and everything in the house was turned off. Like I was in bed scrolling Facebook before I went to sleep. And it was um, a person's voice that said like a sentence, but the only way I can describe what was said was that it was like a robot. So it wasn't like a human voice. It was like a the voice of like Siri or something, if you can imagine. But it wasn't talking. This Thank you for uh, being on the show and sharing your insights. It, but, um, it wasn't like talking. Do you like this story? Then check the out way that other we talk, it was talking, I guess I would describe it as like talking backwards. So it was like, instead of saying, you know, someone in my house was talking backwards, it was, it was, cause I, like I wasn't expecting to hear this. So I didn't, obviously I wasn't really paying attention to exactly what it said, but it didn't make sense anyway, whatever it said. But so instead of saying someone in my house was talking backwards, it was like backwards of the house and someone was talking was. And that's how it said it. And I just got on my phone and I texted my partner and I said, you need to get home right now. Something really scary just happened. And so um, I don't know if that was the same one or not, but that was um, that was pretty scary as well. That was the, the last thing that I kind of experienced in that house, but um, it was still pretty terrifying. Um, so I've got, so are you happy for me to keep going or is that, are we kind of time up? Yeah, happy for you to keep sharing your stories, yeah. Okay. Um, so I guess like a lot of the other things that have happened has been to do with, um, like I said, with the dreams and things like that. I know that um, one of my close friends at the time, actually this is in the house before I moved to the haunted house in Newcastle. This is in Newcastle too, but um, her father had just passed away and um I had, we would, it was, this was weird because we both seen it, but we, um, we were talking about it. And at that very moment, 
a big white flash came in, in the whole house. The whole house just flashed white and we both seen it. That was that was pretty freaky. And I, I actually had a dream about her dad that night and it was a really, really vivid dream. Um, I don't want to go too much more into that one because it's probably a bit personal for her. But um, I guess for me, the dreams have been a big thing. So um, I actually um, lost a baby in 2012 and... Um, that night, my my grandfather came to me in my dream and said to me that I've got the baby with me and the, and he's all right. Um, I don't know whether the baby was a boy or not because it was only, you know, very small. Um, but that, so to me, like in some ways, this gift has um, been really comforting to know that I'm still able to communicate with my family that's passed away. Um but it's not something that I can turn on and turn off so much. Like I've my when my nan passed away, I really, really wanted um, to like her to come to me, and she didn't. And I was I've always I've tried and tried and tried to get her to come and talk to me and make sure she's okay. But I never have had that um, ten years later or something like that. But um, so I think for her with my pop, he he passed away when he was I think. I think he was about 78, but he was still, he had cancer and he died really quickly. Um, it was, you know, very painful and that kind of thing. But um, my nan survived for another 10 years later, but I think a part of her, when he passed away, a part of her kind of, I guess, left with him because, she, you know, they'd been married for, I think, 49 years or something like that. So um, I think the way that I interpret that is that, she didn't have any unfinished business and she was happy to go and be with him. So I think that's maybe why she hasn't come to me. Now I've said that, she's probably going to come to me tonight, but hey. <laughs> um, so um, things like that have happened. It's really interesting because recently I've been trying to do some more of my family tree stuff and I keep getting roadblocked on one particular side of the family and it's really frustrating me. Like I just want to know so bad about this particular branch of our family. And I had a dream um, a couple of months ago while I was doing this um, and it was an old Aboriginal lady that came to me in my dream and she said to me, you're looking at the wrong family. And then in the dream, she took me to a place and told me that this was, I still haven't found out where this place is and I really wish I had a pen and I wrote this, this down. She told me the names that I needed to be looking for and she said, you're looking at the wrong name. And she showed me a place which looked like um, it was a saltwater place and it was near, like right next to the beach and they had Norfolk Palm, um, Norfolk Palm what are they called? Pine trees. Um, but she showed me that place and she said, this is where your ancestors are buried. And um, But there was like a building on top and the vibe that I get is like a school. I don't know. I haven't been able to, you know, find out where that place is or anything like that. But... Um, so I find that that's, um, that that's the dreams that I'm getting, actually getting information to pass on about stuff. A couple of years ago, I was at, up in Grafton. Um, that's where oh, my partner, he's from Yamba. Um, but so we were staying at his auntie and uncle's house in Grafton and I woke up. Um, there was a lot of people in the house that night. So like my sister-in-law, she was... Um, in the room right next to me so she heard me screaming 
Um, but I woke up and there was an Aboriginal man um, staring over the top of me, like his face, but he was wearing um, like traditional, um, like he was painted up and it was really freaky. Was, and then when I told everyone, so she, she was awake, um, and I screamed and she came in, you okay? And I said, yeah, I just seen this man. And then, um, they all sort of started saying, oh, you've done something wrong since you've been here, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know if I've done anything wrong. Um, I haven't really been anywhere. I've only been to the shops or whatever, but, but then maybe, I don't know, maybe he was just coming to, um, to see who I was or, you know, maybe I hadn't, um, I know at that time I, I hadn't acknowledged the country that I was on, so it could have been that I had done the wrong thing in that regard. Um, so I guess along the way it's been a lot of different things like that. Um, I went to a psychic actually about three months ago and um, when I walked in there, I, I specifically, because I've been to a psychic before and, I, and so, you know, I was... I wanted to make sure that I didn't tell her um, too much information about me or anything like that. And I, I deal like I'm fair, like um, you know I've got you know dark hair, dark eyes, um, that kind of thing. But I, a lot of time people think I'm from New Zealand, um, so I didn't say anything about being Aboriginal or anything like that. And when I walked in, the lady said to me straight away, um, "You're Aboriginal, aren't you?" And I said, "Yeah." And she goes. Um, because there's a man that just walked in with you um, and he is where, like, he's like a tribal man. And she actually said that it was, that he's with her, like that's one of her spirits. But she said he only comes out when we have, um, an, when I have an Aboriginal person um, that comes to see me, like a, for a psychic reading. And she said he's here for protection and to make sure that, you know, as culturally, he's here to make sure that no other, um, you know, other spirits can come and making sure that he protects you while you're here. So that was pretty cool. So I think for me, like, some of the stuff has been really scary, um, but a lot of it has been quite reassuring. And I think um, I've always had, like, a gut feeling about things. And I think for a long time I... Um, shrugged up, like shrugged it off. Like I've, I really do have like a sixth sense. This is going to sound really random, but the other day I was listening to the radio and before I changed the channel, I said to my son, I bet you any money that Savage Love is going to be on. And I turned the channel on and it was on. And he was like, whoa, how did you do that? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know how I do that. Like even my partner got a, um, a letter in the mail and um, I said to him, I bet you any money that this is from such and such. And it actually was. Like, it was such a random person. It's one of his old school friends that sent him a letter in the mail, a Christmas card or something for something. And um, I don't know what it was, but something just tells me that I know about certain things and I don't know how to explain that. But that's just, that's how it works with me. So I think in a lot of ways it is a gift and it, it, it's really helpful and I feel really comforted some, you know, a lot of times when I'm, especially when I'm on country and when I'm in the bush and stuff like that, I, you know, I call out to the, the ancestors of that place and tell them where I'm from and, you know, all that kind of stuff so that I know that I'm, you know, not going to disrespect their country while I'm there and just letting them know who I am. Um, but it, it is quite comforting to know that, 
um, I have people here to protect me and and also I think comforting to know that it's like it's not the end once we do cross over. There's been so many things that have happened that that I know that um, yeah that it that it's not just the end once we cross over or you know when we go to the dreaming or wherever we go. Um, so I think that is that is pretty comforting. It's it's interesting though because. Um, now I can see that both my kids have this same thing. So my son actually, we were up in a community in um, in the, the north coast of New South Wales and um, the kids were, he was only about five at this time, but he was playing outside with all the kids and we were all out there too. And um, he, he called out to me and he said, Mum, them green fellas over there want me to follow them. I said, what? He goes, can't you see them, them green fellas over there? And I couldn't see them. Um, but I said, no, you can't go with them. Like, um, so he, there's been quite a few things that have happened with him, but we went to a funeral, um, actually it was only last week up back up north and, um, and, um, my son, my two year old son, we were at the cemetery and, um, he was waving and laughing to somebody that wasn't there. So I'm starting to see that, um, yeah, that that there's things with him that are happening too. And now he's actually, this is kind of freaking me out, but now he won't go into his room by himself. Um, if he goes into his room, he says scary and I have to go in with him. He will not go in his room without him. But of course, because of my thing that happened when I was 14, my scaredness, he stays in my room, but he just has his room to play in. So even to go in and play in the daytime, he won't go in there. So unfortunately, I think whatever's been passed on to me has has um, now been passed on to them. So I guess in a nutshell, that's kind of some of my stories. Um, I'm hoping that from here on in that they won't be the scary ones, that they'll just be the comforting ones that are there to, you know, show me that I'm protected by the other side. Oh, I got some goosebumps listening to your yarn. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing your um, story with us. Uh, from paralysed states to moving objects, something very scary uh, you know, that you experienced, but i um, really happy that you found something positive from your experiences as well. Um, really interested uh, uh, to know a little bit more about the rough location of that house. Oh, so it was in Waratah in um, Newcastle. So actually it was called Cahiba Road. I've, I'm trying to do some research about it only a couple of weeks ago. I don't know why, but for some reason I wanted to look into it a bit more. Um, I can't remember the number of the house, but I know it was Cahiba Road in Waratah. So, um, a white a white house with a white fence. So, yeah, if there's any uh, listeners out there uh, that had a similar experience, are you able to share uh, your experience with NITV? Just go to the NITV Facebook page and message us on there. Do you think that there's some reason why you're seeing these spirits? Uh, maybe it's something cultural, uh, something that's trying to tell you something. You've mentioned a little bit about it in your story, but, but just you know, reflecting on our yarn today. I think they know who can do this and who can't. I don't think everyone has this. Um, so to me, I feel that that's why they come to me because no one else... I know that other people in my family have this. Like my nan, she had it. Um but I do know that something happened with my nan. I don't know the details, but I know that she done something with a Ouija board and some bad stuff happened um, when she was like a teenager or something like that. So um, I think, I don't know whether 
that was what uh, like we've asked we asked her about it but she said like it was too scary that she couldn't talk about it, but she just said like never ever ever do that and I never ever did and my white friends they they all wanted to get into all that stuff and I said I never ever you know um but so I think part of it is just that they can sense that you have that that you can see them or you can hear them so I think some like I've been in places you know where other people can see things when I'm there and vice versa or like when my son could see it and I couldn't so there's some people that can see it and some people that can't so I think it's partly because of that but I also think it's I've really um I'm really wanting to connect more with my with my aboriginality and um like growing up it was it was a weird place to grow up where I grew up and I got like bullied a lot about it when I was at um in primary school like racism and stuff like that and I think that was really quite a catalyst for me to find out more about my family because it was something that wasn't really kind of talked about we didn't grow up like culturally connected to stuff if that makes sense um so I think for me I think part of it is to do with that that I'm I'm really, really wanting to know as much as I can about my family and about where I'm from. And um, I think part of it that I'm seeing, you know, Aboriginal ghosts, I'm seeing white ghosts, like I'm seeing, you know, lots of different things. I think part of it is my ancestors trying to help me connect with that. And especially the fact that I'm having dreams about, you know, connecting to my family tree and stuff like that. I think that's really... Um, cool and I think that's part of it and I actually feel um, I feel closer to my aboriginality because I have this if that makes sense like I feel because I can feel things and I can feel when I go to certain places like I know um, certain places like in the bush that I go to and I, I don't know anything about that place if I'm you know if I'm going through that place but I get feelings like I get Sometimes I get a really bad feeling that there's something that happened here, maybe like a massacre or something like that. I don't know for sure if it was or if it wasn't, but I, I get feelings when I go on country about certain places. And so I think for me, it actually makes me feel closely, like more closely connected with my, I guess, identity um, and that kind of thing because, because I know that I'm connected to all of these places. You know what I mean? Like, um, you know, in terms of, Australia but in terms of where I'm from and all that kind of stuff I feel that not everyone has that actual spiritual connection to country so for me that's I guess that's maybe why that's how I interpret it anyway um is there any kind of little uh sign or something that gives you a sense that something's in the area well I know I know that one I went to a community um on the north coast and um that that's the same place that my son seen the green spirit and um that night when we were all talking at the front an owl came and the owl came and literally landed like above my head not on my head but like on the railing right above me like it was there checking me out um and maybe i guess that was the fact that i was the only one not from there um and um so, you know, maybe that was there, like, make, wanting to know who I was and what I was doing there kind of thing. So I guess that that was probably the main, oh, geez, I just remembered something else that happened that this was actually really quite a freaky thing, but to do with, you know, objects and symbols and stuff. Um, because I'm a teacher, I was 
um, in a class um, teaching about, so with my role, I teach Aboriginal education. So I don't have my own class, but I go into all every class in the school and I teach once a week all classes. And so the, the other teacher is always with me in the class. So we team teach and I'm kind of mentoring and they watch how I'm doing it and how I incorporate Aboriginal perspectives. But one time I was just in the um, class teaching a lesson and a willy wagtail came into the classroom and I said to the teacher, oh, no, this is like a bad sign. Like someone's going to get sick or someone's going to die. I didn't say that in front of the kids, you know, but like I just sort of said it to her quietly because, I mean, what, you know, that was pretty confronting. Like the willy wagtail literally came into the classroom. And I thought, geez, I didn't think that was necessarily there for me, but I just knew that that was, you know, a bad, like a bad kind of message sort of thing. Anyway, um, that afternoon I got into the car. I was literally like hadn't even left um, the street of the school and my phone rang and it was my mum and she said, your nan's had a fall. Um, she's been rushed to Tari Hospital. She's... Um, She's not. I don't think she's going to wake back up. She had hit and hit, like, hit her head on a metal um, pole um, thing, and um, she actually never regained consciousness after that. And she passed away about a week later. So that was pretty freaky. You know, I didn't. You know, that that bird was actually there to tell me the message, and it was just weird that it was only a couple of hours later, still at the front of the school, that that I got the call. So, in a way, it's company, but in a way. You know, every time I see a out, I freak out. Yeah, it seems like you have that uh, innate ability to connect with the other side and, and you get messages, uh, you know, passed on to you. Yeah, is there any anything that you do or recommendations that you would suggest to people out there? Well, I, um, I before I go to bed, um, I kind of do like a bit of a ritual um, that I just sort of, um, call out to my ancestors and ask them to watch over me as I sleep, watch over my kids as we sleep. So that's that's pretty much the main one that I do. It's just kind of, you know, in my head or saying it out loud, you know, you know, to my old people, please can you just make sure that we, you know, protect us from anything and make sure that we, you know, when we wake up tomorrow, you know, that we're safe and that kind of thing. So I kind of just do it in that regard and I think, um, but I definitely think that if something was to happen again in an actual house, like what had happened in that house at Waratah, um, I 100% would be getting um, an elder to come in and smoke that house out. Um, so I don't have like an actual object as such. Like I've heard of lots of different things, but I mean, hopefully this house is pretty safe until maybe today when I've talked about this all and it can hear me. Uh, yeah, just wanted to thank you again for coming on the show. Is there any last words you'd like to say? Um, no, enjoy your listening. Can't wait to hear them all. Thanks, Luke. Okay, thanks, Belinda. Indigenous people have lived in this country for thousands of years and formed deep spiritual relationships to the landscape, which is generational. Some of these spiritual bonds include communicating with spirits on the other side. And she was standing in the middle of the kitchen, pointing up to the air. And my mum said, what are, you, what are you doing? And she said, I'm talking to Daddy. And within a few minutes of leaving the trees, it was like almost at the house. 
from the Huawei in the south to the Dajjah in the north, whether we like it or not, these spirits are a part of this land and a part of all of our lives.